Hello, lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and uh, we have a fun one in store today, y'all. Uh, we have the Bell of the Brawl and the new Party Hard Wrestling Charizona champion, Bryn Thorne on the show this week. Uh, Bryn stops by just one day before she is set to challenge Sandra Moon for the Pride Style Pro Championship at Slow Death uh, on Friday night. Uh, it, let me tell you, Bryn has been an exciting talent to, to learn about and to watch over the, the last few years. And uh, I will say through this conversation... Um, both I and and you, as the listener, will get to to know Bryn a bit more beyond just the uh, very intense uh, <laughs> person that we see in the ring uh, every time that she goes out there. Uh, of course, accentuated always by a exploding energy drink. Um, yeah, just so much energy, such a different kind of energy, a unique energy that, that she brings, and it's just really awesome to get the chance to sit down and chat with her about her experiences in pro wrestling um, and beyond as well. Um, yeah, I guess before we get into that, though, real quick, obviously, uh, Russell Queerdom is still on the tongue of a lot of people right now. Um, we did an episode uh, back on Sunday uh, that came out on Sunday. It was recorded on Saturday night after the show aired. And uh, obviously, there's been a whole lot that has come out about that situation since then. Um, as Aiden von England stated on Twitter, I, I am continuing coverage of the fallout of the event, the event itself. You know, because there's a there's a lot to talk about when it comes to Russell Queerdom, and I want to make sure that every single base of what that show meant and and all of the uh, fallout around it, what all of it uh, really means in the grand scheme of things and, and what we can learn from these things as well. I mean, obviously there are already lessons that have been learned, but um, but yeah, like it's reporting on these things is my job and I want to do that to the best of the ability. So that's what you're going to get from me. Hopefully we're going to have more about Russell Queerdom come out this week, um, depending on you know, the timing of reporting stuff out and that sort of thing. Um, crossing my fingers to have that stuff out this week for for y'all to check out over on outsports.com. But uh, we, we shall see. Um, either way, this is a, an event that's going to live on in the memory of a lot of people for a while, um, both for the positives and the negatives of it, but uh, I'm going to take the opportunity right now to just throw a very special thank you to uh, Aiden Von England, Sydney Von England, specifically for really taking the reins of getting all of this whole situation rectified. You know, um, you know, a big shout out to people like Kid Bandit, like Dark Sheik, like uh, Kyle Chiari over at uh, Pro Wrestling Vibe, and 
all of the people that were throwing out, you know, financial help with that whole situation, reaching out to people um, that it were affected and just trying to make sure that everything was okay and everybody was made whole and everybody was getting home safe. Luckily, Candy and Vinny were able to get home uh, to their uh, respective uh, home countries coming out of this whole thing as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a whole... A whole situation but I want to make sure that the people that really put in the work to get this whole situation uh, rectified for all of the people involved in it you know talent support crew you know all involved uh, to try and get this whole thing worked out all are commendable Joan Jetson as well Joan Jetson and Mission Control cannot forget them um, you know that and and what they have contributed to that effort as well um yeah if anything this this whole situation proves how the community can come together um in a time of need you know as i'm i'm not the first person to say this but a situation like this should never have to come about where you have to depend on the wider pro wrestling community and the pro wrestling fan community to um come together and and make this provide a solution to to a situation like this but you know when it does happen it's good to know that there are uh, a number of people a large number of people that have um your back and this is really what ex what this whole situation exemplifies honestly so yeah we'll leave it there for now um but let's jump right into my conversation with Brent Thorne. What's up guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the ring. And I am very, very pleased to have as my guest this week, someone who is on the rise in the Southwest, West Coast, and beyond. Uh, someone who is going to be challenging Sandra Moon for the Pride Style Championship coming up uh, this Friday at Slow Death. Uh, someone who has uh, really made a name for themselves, uh, whether it be through memes, whether it be through um, just, <laughs> <laughs> just generally being a menace in the ring or constantly calling out G Fuel for not sponsoring her, even though she leaves every single ring apron during her entrances just soaked in the stuff. Please welcome the Belle the Brawl, Bryn Thorne. LGBT in the ring. How you doing? I am great. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I am doing well. I'm glad that that it is uh, summer and it is the weekend and it is just all chill and all good here. And I'm very happy that I'm having the chance to sit down with you because you are someone, as I was telling you before we started recording, you're someone who kind of came on my radar like right at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020 okay. and i have just i don't know there's just something electric about like your personality in the ring like it's just very very like i guess for lack of a better term like balls to the wall in a lot of ways and i don't know that can just be very easy to suck people in i think just the intensity of, of bryn thorne especially when you juxtapose that against like outside of the ring, Bren, which, you know, you are a fairly private person. You don't share a lot on social, on social media outside of certain things. So it's just interesting to see, like, how, like, this gets, like, this switch gets flipped sometimes. And 
I don't know. It it makes you uh, a fascinating performer to watch personally. Yeah, thank you so much. Oh, for sure. Well, um, obviously, uh, you have a big match coming up with Sandra Moon um, for the the Prize Style Championship, uh, a company that you have just been running through since um, since that all kicked off back in December of last year. Um, talk to me about any uh, personal significance that this match has for you going in there with Sandra, who you've you've wrestled so many times at this point. Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like I am prepared as ever. Her and I have years of history. Uh, we are both, we started both at a very, very young age and kind of grew up in the business together and, like, started wrestling each other as teenagers. And so, like, I know what's in her arsenal. I know what, she, what she's got prepared for me. Um, I'm not scared. I'm, I'm ready. And I'm more more than prepared to take the pride style pro championship. The thing is, is like, I just stormed through pride style. The second I got in there, you know, whether it be the, uh, the five-way match, whether it be Nick Xander, uh, honest John, and even Lazarus. And it's like, I've, I've proven my spot there. So like, I'm not, I'm not scared. I'm ready. No, I, I think that that confidence is very well placed. Honestly, you know, it, it's going to be the, an awesome match. I, I, there's something interesting to me about like watching people that are coming out of like Arizona, Las Vegas, that little area there. Um, it seems like there are just a lot of people that get into the ring at a young age, and obviously, we are seeing this sort of play out nationally as well with people like Billy Starks and Nick Wayne who are like getting so much high profile at such a young age. Um, but like, even just in the concentration of the scene that, that you're in down there that you came up in, you, Sandra, um, uh, Bodie Young Prodigy, Prodigy like it, Davian Jaco, like it just feels like there's a lot of people that recognize that this is something that they want to commit themselves to at a very, very early age and are not shying away from stepping into the ring to accomplish that what do you see what well first off what was your approach like how what was your reasoning whenever you wanted to step into the ring at such a young age um i would say like it was the fact that i was able to i mean obviously like majority of wrestlers start as you know fans especially as children like they just find their special interests and they if they have the opportunity to go for it and they have the will to go for it and they do and when I found out um, my local school in Arizona did allow kids, I, I was like, oh, my God, like, I have to find a way to do this. My, my parents, thank God, were in full support of it. Um, but, like, there are so many different aspects of it that I'm just, like, so grateful that I did get to start at a young age because it taught me discipline and it taught me, like, truthful hard work and self-awareness and so, so many different aspects of it. Um, so like, that's also like it did, you know, it, it, I wouldn't say it took away anything from me at all, but um, it did cause me to like mature a lot faster. Hmm. Any, was there any like specific ways that that happened for you? 
Um, I guess it was just like being in adult classes. I was always in, uh, there are no kids classes when I started. I was the, always the youngest. Um, and, you know, in wrestling, I was kind of taught in like one of some of like the old school ways with like old school trainers. And um, so like they didn't hold back anything, even as a young 14 year old little girl. So, I mean, it just kind of, you know, being put in front of a crowd, being, you know, pushed like with your confidence being pushed like mentally and physically, like it was either like you have to, or you, you don't. Mm. So it very much felt like, like a, a sink or swim sort of environment in a way. Absolutely. Um, well, obviously the, you swam. I mean, we're, we're talking now. Oh yeah. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, what, yeah. what was that like for you? Like whenever you were first starting out there, like what, like, what was it like to kind of acclimate yourself to that environment? Um, well, I mean, I, no matter what, like I knew, like, this is something that I wanted and it would not matter what I had to go through to get to it. It didn't matter like the nerves going into training. Like it's always scary doing something new for the first time. And uh, I managed to, you know, it's like, this is something you want. This is your dream. Like you better go. Like, it doesn't matter how much you're physically pushed doesn't matter how much you're mentally pushed psychologically messed with like you have to go and I think like that truly did help me um as far as like growing as a person into who I am now um I guess it's just like if you, if there is a will there is a way and even if things when things get difficult like that's where it's truly testing no I mean you're not wrong I feel like you know kind of pushing yourself beyond like limitations like broadens those things for you so obviously that that's a, a a great commitment to have not just for like following a career path or or any kind of creative path but also just for bettering yourself in a way absolutely yeah, yeah. no i can totally understand that when did you feel like you kind of found yourself in this environment like when did you feel like okay like I was a fan of this I knew I wanted to do this but now I feel like I can do this well it's not I don't want to say it's like a time I knew it was like a developmental phase I suppose because mm -hmm. I started training when I was 14 and if I looking back to then versus now it's just like night and day difference so it's so interesting to see the development um I guess, hmm, let me think about this. Hmm. hmm. I have always had like an athletic background. I've always been driven. I've always been incredibly stubborn more than anything. And I think me being stubborn helped me the most. Um, I think when I started getting in there and I had you know, some serious challenges that I was just being pushed with and continuously like having to fail and fail and fail. And then when I started finally getting it and, and repeating it and kind of getting in like a constant, um, rep like a repetition of doing things the right way and then, you know, learning more and more and more and then kind of having like confidence, confidence, <laughs> confidence, um, you know, distilled in like the way that I was training, like it, 
it did help especially as like a teenager where like you're very awkward and you're very anxious and like your self-confidence usually and your self-esteem isn't like you know all that great um I felt like even during those teen years like I was incredibly confident um especially when it came to knowing what I knew how to do in the ring and performance wise I felt like I was just like ahead of my time and my age, which gave me like a different mindset, which did allow me to um, have the confidence that I still have to this day. So I guess like I would say if there was a time frame that I did know that I like I knew I could do it, I would say like definitely um, about 15, 16 that I definitely knew that like I have uh, the ability to go anywhere I want to go I have the ability to be whoever I want to be and wrestle the way I want to wrestle and just be and be confident in myself as a person and my abilities Mm -hmm. no I think that's a a, honestly that's a, a great like takeaway from from that and you know I feel especially during that that period of life or like like you said like so many people during adolescence like that have this whether it be a like more skewed like view of their self-esteem or more like a fluid a fluid like changing of self-esteem but but if you there's always those times where it is just in the depths or that a lot of people feel so like having that source of like self-confidence in that way i'm sure and sure informed a lot for you and like seeing like all the different things that you have done just beyond wrestling as well, like kind of speak to that too. Like, you know, being certified personal trainer so young, like um, I think I read somewhere that you like started studying forensics and, and um, crime scene stuff as well. Um, yes. Like, it just seems like there's like nothing that you won't just dedicate yourself to if there's a passion there for you. Oh, absolutely. I think like when you put, when you're, when you put yourself in uncomfortable situations, especially like uncertainty, I think those are where you grow the most and you have to, you have to sit in discomfort and you have to fail. And it's like that wrestling has given me that platform. And I, you know, I I went in just knowing nothing. Like you just go in as a fan, like, and you come out, you never, you're never like truly done learning. Nobody's ever truly done learning ever um so it's like it's always important to like take those chances and and even things you're not sure you even want to do because you never know Mm. no it's very very true and and you know that i'm glad to see that journey continuing for you in the way that it is um and speaking to that as well like kind of putting yourself in these uncomfortable and or not to say uncomfortable but like uncertain situations in a way that speaks to wrestling as well because like you know you since debuting um what like four four five years ago at this point um you've been kind of bursting out of of arizona a little bit here and there obviously the las vegas companies you become a, a staple there but you know companies like hood slam in california um championship wrestling from hollywood out there as well um i've seen you make your way up to the pacific northwest too up at 5cc um and sos so like did that sort of like strategy or, or view for yourself kind of help whenever you were 
leaving like the area that you that you kind of like honed your craft and you've grown to belong like find a sense of belonging in in Arizona whenever you're going to these new areas for pro wrestling oh yeah I mean I just I I kind of like was so I'm always so excited to go somewhere new because it's just like you kind of always carry this sense of self with you and like your abilities and what you do it's just I think all of us uh, wrestlers just have that like you know what you know and you want to take what you know wherever you go and that is in your art form which is wrestling um so I always find it found it very exciting to go to new places and it's like such a privilege it's like honestly such a privilege to be able to travel and then perform in front of other in front of people from all different parts of the country like it's honestly such a privilege I'm curious to kind of hear more about coming up in the Arizona independent scene because I feel like that area of of pro wrestling doesn't really get spoken about that much in the larger independent pro wrestling conversation. Similar way that Las Vegas got um, prior to companies like FSW and 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 uh, versus and now really Pride Style starting to kind of open up that area and put more eyes on it. You know, obviously there are a number of companies that have have run or are still running or are about to wrap up their run, unfortunately, um, in Arizona. And, you know, you came up through the Arizona Wrestling Federation's school. Like, what was it like kind of coming up through this area that didn't have a lot of, like, eyes on it beyond the region? Um, well, I mean, I went into it not knowing anything about independent wrestling. Um, so I kind of just got, like, a fresh start kind of view. Uh, I didn't know about much about the Vegas scene or like the California scene uh, until I started like working as like a camera girl for um, just like our home shows Um, and I'd see like other wrestlers come out and I'm like oh like where are you from like oh they're from California they're from Vegas they're from wherever like that's only all that I knew um and Arizona doesn't, yeah, like you're right. Like it doesn't hear too much about it. I think that's starting to change just like a little bit as as there are more wrestlers coming about. And there are, you know, as far as like promotion wise, there's more to be seen. And hopefully it'll get to like a higher uh, viewpoint the way like Vegas is now. Um, but I guess as far as like the transition from then to now, it's, it's definitely even different. So, so, so different then. like, there's so many more diff- uh, wrestlers, there's all different kinds of personalities. Um, but there wasn't much that I was exposed to when I first started, even like as like a 15, 16 year old, like I didn't start getting out to other places until I was about 17. And even then it wasn't so often, it was just uh, California and occasionally Vegas. Hmm. what was it like whenever you or like what was the thought process there whenever you finally did get to branch out a bit i want to come back and talk more about arizona specifically because there are some promotions but but i'm curious to hear like because obviously like you know going out to california like you were like you ended up in places like hood slam um fairly quickly i would say like two years in you're in and obviously Las Vegas, like FSW has been running for a long time versus the upstart there also started bringing you in too. What was the thought process, pro, the thought process, excuse me, for you whenever you did start branching out? Um, I think it was more 
like I was so excited to be able to go and do that and experience it because you know you always go for the experience you always go um you know to meet new people to work new people um I mean I I first I think I debuted at Hood Slam when I was 18. Um, at that point, I had been wrestling for about three years, I believe. And that was like a big deal to me. Like, cause it is, it's so important to experience different environments as well, because there's different kinds of wrestling crowds and Hood Slam is a very different wrestling crowd. Yes, it is. It's a very different wrestling crowd. And that was something <laughs> that a little like teenage Bryn Thorne was like, oh my God, like this is so cool i've had like one i've had both of two of my very favorite matches of some of my favorite matches have been it from hood slam and those are experiences i will always always keep with me so like the thought process going in is kind of just like you always have to keep an open mind you always just have to know like you know whatever happens like you just need to learn from the experience and soak it in and you know just be professional of course and like same same with every everywhere you go like every time I did I did start branching out as a teenager I was always very nervous because like it's just like it's something new and there's so many politics of wrestling and you just never know what like what's going on so I guess it's just like being genuine and keeping an open mind and going to do the job that you were booked to do no I mean that it's interesting that you kind of speak to like experiencing different wrestling environments and different wrestling crowds, because obviously, yes, there's no one true way to present pro wrestling, but going from a company that is pretty straightforward, like Arizona wrestling federation to even just like within Arizona, going to a place like party hard, which is definitely more on the, oh, yeah. on the outskirts in a way to going oh, yeah. to hood slam which is the originator of the outskirts <laughs> Correct, yeah. i mean like those those shows like they just like gave me life like it just it was so there's so much more to it than just performing like it just gives you something that makes you look forward to everything moving like after that um but it is like very important you know you you get those very much adult oriented crowds like party hard and like good slam and then you get like more family friendly ones like arizona wrestling federation and fsw and more like fan oriented and family you know whereas like the other ones are there's just so they're, they're all unique in their own way and i think that's really really important because there's all different demographics you have to cater to and that can make you challenges as a uh, wrestler because you need to be able to switch things up on the fly like that you need to be able to kind of know where you're at and know what you can and can't be doing yeah Do, does having those different environments to perform in feel like it gives you a like sense of freedom to explore not just the persona but just like even your approach to the persona in a way Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You see, like when I'm when I'm given like I've been I think like I've been given the freedom to like really express myself in that way. I like you said, I'm kind of a menace in certain environments. And I, I am. Like it's just it's so fun. Like it, it just allows me to just be myself and I don't have to worry about like, oh, if I'm doing if I'm pissing somebody off in the crowd, which is like that's like kind of like my goal. 
you know, as a, as your as you know, it's like kind of your goal, especially if you're healed. Um, but sometimes I'm I like to describe myself as uh, you know, someone. My character is like you know intense, like humor oriented in a way. Like I pick and choose. Obviously, like you can't can't always do that because I am very serious. Like I I am. Um, but I'm more like intensity. I'm fiery. I, I have like this, you know, like you said, balls to the wall kind of style. Uh, that's why I say bell of the brawl because I'm beautiful and I also will like just wreck your shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's very true. I laugh, but it's very, very true. Um. <laughs> So talk to me about the first time you actually got to do that. Cause I, I imagine party hard was like the first place that where you kind of got to like branch out of the more like um, straightforward, like family friendly oriented stuff that, that, that you've seen. So what was it like that first time that you ended up going to party hard? Oh man. I remember I, I wasn't even uh, supposed to be booked on that show and then I got it like the last minute and I was like oh my god I was so excited and um I mean just the all as soon as you walk into that building I kind of knew like this is just going to be a different experience that I've just been craving and like just the the freedom I have been given as far as far as like self-expression like I guess I kind of, I like yelled like swear words to the crowd and they popped and I'm just like, Oh my God. Like my family was there and they're just like, Oh my God. Like they thought like, every, I, I just love hearing the reactions from the crowd. Whereas like, you can't really be swearing in front of kids, you know, um, try not to do that. Mm-hmm. But, but I think it's just like, there's just an energy there that is very just like captivating to me that I, um, can look back on and just like know that like I I knew I I just felt different then I just knew it just felt different I was able to just walk out and just like not worry about anything but like the show I was going to be putting on and like I love that I was able to really connect with the crowd more there Mm. I mean it seems like an an environment where like that crowd connection is so much I won't say it's so much stronger, but it's a different kind of strength in a way, just because like of how off the wall that promotion is and how it wants to present the the kind of like stories that it wants to tell in that way. I mean, when you have Jody sending like fighting beasts coming from a different dimension and stuff like that, like, you know, it's it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to attract a different kind of crowd. But I don't know, like Party Hard is a place that really drew me in because like I love I I love like technical wrestling, but I extremely love something that shakes things up. And Party Hard really felt like a company that 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 wanted to do that and accomplish that. And it is such a bummer that the company is holding their final event coming up. But luckily you are going to be there for, for series finale with Party Hard. How are you feeling knowing that Party Hard is is officially coming to an end now? Oh, I mean, I'm just really grateful that they are running one last time. Um, I I mean, the the memories from Party Hard are something that I'm going to cherish for the rest of my life. Like it, even though it's been 
a few years since we've been able to since they have been able to run I think it's just like something that we are really fortunate to have with having with them having a one last final show because I I just know like it it's going to be memorable memorable (laughs) memorable for everyone everyone there everyone working the show um I genuinely like I think this it's the most highly anticipated Arizona wrestling show of the year uh no doubt in my mind and I myself am like so grateful that I'm going to be in it I am so excited I have whenever I think of wrestling whenever I think of like the spark that it truly gives me whether it be coming out and having my entrance to the crowd or being in the middle of the match it's intense whether it be towards the end of the match whatever it is I think of myself wrestling in the Nile theater I think of that and because like that is what like kind of motivates me in a way to work harder Hmm. Yeah, it is. It is really cool that they do have the chance to kind of go out on their own terms and to really kind of honor everything that they have done to this point and the people that have helped build that that company to to where it was prior to the pandemic and everything. So. Oh yeah. It's, well, it's an... I, I would say. Sorry about. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's oh no, you're you're good. Go ahead. Overlapping is weird. Um. <laughs> But I would say, like, more than anything, there is such an importance in having fun with what you do. There's such an importance, because if you're not having fun, then you're not enjoying it, then you're not going to want to do it and put your all into it. And regardless of, like, the circumstances, like, you just know when you go in to work party hard that you are going to have fun no matter what. I think uh, viewing that from from like the other side of the bear of the of the guardrail so to speak like you definitely get that vibe too it definitely feels like it is just an environment where everyone is having fun and i am i'm just glad that y'all get to have that fun one last time all right yens thank you so much for tuning into lgbt in the ring Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things but i do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is starting off with daniel quasar the progress pride flag designed by daniel quasar is a product of progress initiative you can find out more at quasar.digital a big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahandthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show 
the Mr. Video Game Super Show. I co-host that with uh, Twitch streamers Slacker Kite and Lady Merwin every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over on twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. What's interesting also to see in in the Arizona pop up now is is wrestle drag. Um, so obviously the show's called LGBT in the Ring. We talk about we talk to and talk about you know queer identities and queer people and queer issues in pro wrestling, and it's really cool to see Arizona sort of get its own little uh, piece of that pie now with wrestle drag. You know, a new company that just popped up. I know. Um, you have been on a couple of those events and um or you've been on one event you're scheduled for the next event i believe you fought correct me if i'm wrong you wrestled the shade for the wrestle drag championship on the first show yes i did okay yes and then of course the charizona championship is coming up on the line on august 6th so <laughs> um you know and i going back to like speaking about like you know you're a fairly private person like you you do identify as part of the community but you don't really put that into um your wrestling persona you don't really put it out there publicly that much which you know that's you know i'm not that's not any kind of criticism there or anything just to note but to see a company like wrestle drag kind of come up that is so like steeped in presenting um lgbtq identities in the way that it is you know even though we've seen other wrestlers such as you know parada or charles cassis in awf that have been like champion there and have had high profile spots there jay vidal another one um what has it been like for you as part of the community to see this kind of lgbtq pro wrestling movement that we've seen in other places across the country really sort of kind of have it a new place for it in your own backyard with wrestle drag i mean truthfully it means a lot because anyone like wrestling wise from arizona knows that like that was never there was no like socially acceptable thing like that way 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 back in the day like that is something that has like thankfully been progressed and um you know looking at it now to when i first started like that's like it's not like unheard of and now it's like people people like come to see that and I think it's that's like what's so amazing about especially about the whole movement in itself like people are given a platform to truthfully in their full like every way that they can just be themselves um and I think that's the most beautiful thing about it is that nobody's nobody's like hiding nobody's doing anything that you know they, they wouldn't want to be doing and I, and I think that's really important um, because that's how you get like the real extravagant characters. And um, I think now more than anything, it's really important for Arizona to have platforms like that and, and, and promotions like that. Um, Cause it, it's just, it's just good to see queer wrestlers represented and to have a drag show. I think that, I don't, I don't, you don't see that too often in wrestling. And I 
freaking love drag queens. Okay. <laughs> I freaking love drag queens. Um, so like I am actually kind of like marking out whenever I see <laughs> the drag queens perform. I'm like, I am like, I ooh, I'm like, I'm on next, but like I need to see this performance. <laughs> Uh, I just I think like for the future I think it'd be really really cool to see more uh, drag performances in wrestling shows um, I think that's very unique to its own way and I am like so glad that Arizona has that you know what I mean oh yeah totally I mean especially like you know not to like dive into the weeds of, of stuff like that but with like the current like political climate that we see in certain places you know like uh, i i look at russell drag and i think back to uncanny attractions starting up in new york with that same sort of approach with pro wrestling and drag mix and now seeing uncanny come back in austin texas like placing that sort of thing into the heart of uh, a rather conservative state um and then to see that same sort of thing happen in in Arizona now to create these environments for people who maybe have seen other places have this LGBTQ growth in pro wrestling happen, um, but now have their own space for it. It's really cool to see. Um, and to have a place where they can feel acceptance and feel um, affirmation and really ex like have that, that ability to self-express without um really anything without a what's the right word i'm thinking of here without an environment that's going to like lash back at them in a way yeah absolutely this is really cool to see what is a sp we've been talking about vibes of different crowds and stuff what has been the vibe like with wrestle drag crowds so far is it, what's the have you noticed the difference between like other places that you've been um it, I've noticed it actually pulled more of a non-wrestling demographic. And mm. so they're actually getting exposed to people who aren't really expecting, like, people who have never been to a wrestling show. They're like, okay, like, wrestling and also drag. They're like, okay, like, we've seen drag queens. Like, what's this going to be like? And then they end up loving it. Like, I, I've talked to, like, multiple people after the show. They're like, yeah, I've never been to a wrestling show. I'm definitely coming back. Like, this is amazing. Um. So like seeing like that energy there is a little different because I've never worked a, a wrestling show that um, that oh, I'm sorry a drag wrestling show besides wrestle drag. So I, I suppose just like that energy there, it was it was a draw the very first time, which I think is incredibly impressive. Um, and I'm I'm just I know it's going to be a success uh, because like who doesn't want to come see a wrestling drag show? To be honest with you, even if I <laughs> If I had never been interested in wrestling at all, I would still want to go. Yeah. So for, for you personally, where does this, this love of drag come from? Um, I don't know. So I, it's interesting. So I, um, one of my closest friends is a drag queen and he was formerly a wrestler, uh, formerly known as Parada, okay, an Arizona yeah. wrestler. Um, and he's now a drag queen. And um, I remember, like, he kind of got me into it more. I think I'd always had, like, a fascination with it. I think just, like, you know, uh, I just, I honestly just think it's so cool just seeing, um, you know, cisgender men dress up in, in, like, you know, 
flamboyant makeup and perform and it's like so cool and um he would always like put on um i'm sure you know trixie and katya um yeah from rupaul's drag race like they have their youtube channel and to this day after years of us watching it together before shows um i do it i do it every time it's like my pre-show routine i always put on trixie and katya while i do my makeup and i just love them like there's there's it's not even just like their look it's like their personality like they're they're uh there's something to them that are relatable and it's like it's like just like wrestling it's a performance and like there's always like something to relate in that and i just like love it no it is definitely like the the similarities i think are are obviously they are they're there like drag is wrestling wrestling is drag um and the, that's why the mix works every time really so no that's interesting like i don't know wrestle drag it, it, i'm just so glad to see a company like wrestle drag get started and, and to hear that they have the support that they have right now and the, the crowds that they they drew on at their first show it's just really awesome to hear and that kind of leads in back into pride style a little bit as well because you know obviously what millhouse has built there with trying to build an, an inclusive pro wrestling brand um that you know it, it's focused on lgbtq identities but it's not solely focused on lgbtq identities um mm -hmm. you know which is awesome to see but just the fact that it is creating this space and it is very upfront about that um for you like what was what was it like whenever you heard that that millhouse was putting something like this together and that it was going to be so like forward-facing with being queer affirming in the way that it was um, I, I knew instantly when I was asked about it that I would want to be a part of it because even though like I am, like you said, I am very private about, uh, and it's kind of like hard because like, I kind of like, like, here's the thing. I like keeping people guessing. Um, <laughs> I don't like people knowing everything about me. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm very private and I like, and I think it like keeps me mysterious in a way where they're just like, I don't know like what's going on with this girl. But I knew I knew as soon as Millhouse like asked me about it, I knew as soon as like they started making the announcements of it, I was like, this is like I just like knew something was gonna be different about it because I knew that there were some serious stars that were going to be like, having their opportunity to shine. And they have pulled through on that expectation one hundred percent. Um and giving people, you know, uh, people of the queer community a platform is incredibly important as well and also people like who aren't queer a platform as well so it's not just it's it's all inclusive um in its own way and i think like it's really important that las vegas has a promotion doing that hmm. obviously like we've seen the the promotion like grow very fast as well like you know the crowds have been great the profile has been outstanding viewership has grown a lot um what is do you have any like personal feelings on like seeing that pride style kind of thrive so quickly i mean they haven't even been around a year yet i'm i'm more like thrilled that they are growing so fast because usually like we all know like wrestling promotions can take a very long time to like start truly building up and like i think with i mean a lot of a lot of wrestling fans like do are i mean are a part of the queer community as well so like it's also giving them a chance to see um more of like 
I don't I don't know how to explain. Um, I think it makes them feel included as well. Like they're not just going to see like a wrestling show. Like they're going to see something that caters to them in a way. Um, but like to be able to see them grow as fast as they are, like I I'm so glad, you know, because like it's 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 a straight up very good like genuine promotion. So I, I think I mean they're only going to go up from here. There's only there's only going to be more and more and it's better and better. That's all I expect from them. Yeah. Now, obviously, I, I have to ask. Um, whenever Pride Style was starting up, and and knowing how like forward facing it was about LGBTQ identities, and knowing that you were going to be not just on the shows but a prominent part of 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 this show, of these shows, um. Did that kind of move the needle a little bit for you personally to feel like maybe I I do need to like put out there that I'm part of the community a bit or like how did that impact your own like um desire to to share that part of yourself with with the wider community? Um I think I mean I think it just gave more of a safe space to be able to do so. I knew there wasn't gonna be any um issues if I did ever, you know, become more vocal or more upfront about that. Um, I think I'm more, I don't really announce things verbally or like through tweets per se. I would say I just post things and you can safely assume, you know, yeah. I, I am, I am up openly a part of the community. I do like to keep it like private what part, just cause, yes. just cause like, I do like to separate, um, you know, the wrestler and the person, but there is a part of me that never felt the need to kind of announce that because I, through my upbringing, like I didn't ever worry that I wasn't going to be accepted. I mean, that's like something I'm incredibly grateful for and very, very fortunate to have. So I think like just knowing that like I've accepted myself and um, I know I'd be accepted by others regardless. I think it's just like a personal thing throughout life that I'm just like well I don't think it's anybody's like business but my own and like my, my partners like I have a girlfriend um and that's I posted her many times now um so I think like people people uh can safely assume and like that's perfectly fine like I am openly a part of the community I think it's just obviously it has given more of a comfortable space um, and again, self-expression, everyone's, everyone's given that comfortable space. Yeah, exactly. I think that's all that anybody that is in the community that is trying to figure out how to navigate these things like can really ask for is to have that, that positive space to really um, be able to recognize and have this strength of how you view yourself and how, and not only how you view yourself, of who you are. That's the better term for it. Because it's not about like how someone sees you or how you see yourself. It's just about inherently the person that you are. And absolutely, I agree. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's really heartening to hear that that you had or reached that place of like self acceptance so so quickly as well, and so and so young too, and that you had the environment that you did where you never felt like you had to, that you were going to have this thing like questioned by those closest to you absolutely yeah, yeah. Mm. now 
we're gonna stick with Las Vegas here as we start to like kind of wind down a little bit, but I have to ask you about this match you have coming up with uh with Grab House as well. Um, because you mm-hmm. are stepping into the ring with Dark Sheik, who is a legend, who is a royalty not just to the queer wrestling community, but the greater wrestling community, honestly. Um, but someone who has been out there like carving a path for um, the LGBTQ community for a long time. Uh, someone who, you know, obviously with Hood Slam founded a company that was very much about like, uh, fuck you energy and building something that is in- inherent to to oneself in one's own view of what pro wrestling can be um i've seen dark sheik like tweet time and like here and there about like the relationship that that you two have and and the closeness there obviously debuting a hood slam against uh uh nurse ratchet who clearly is not dark sheik but um Mm -hmm, still mm -hmm. still an awesome (laughs) an awesome uh person to debut against but i don't know it just feels like there's this very um, tight closeness between the two of you. What has it been like for that relationship to kind of develop over the years for you? Um, well, Dark Sheik has been nothing but kind to me. And I look at them as a true trailblazer, uh, being a veteran for as long as they have and knowing uh, knowing the business and I think they always they always have something that I'm gonna try to th- I'm like all over the place I can't even gather my thoughts if you couldn't notice I'm having a hard time <laughs> um <laughs> but I, I genuinely I look up to Dark Sheik and I think there's something valuable in every conversation that we have uh, I any chance I do get to work with them I have uh I'm always so excited, you know, because like Dark Sheik has, uh, you know, I, I suppose like challenged me in every match that I've had with them. And even just like in passing, if I get to chat, I'm, I'm always like looking forward to that. But um, more than anything, like I have a high respect for Dark Sheik. And even though like I am going to be wrestling them, I'm going I'm going in very confident. And I saw that announcement. I was like, Oh my God, let's go. Let's go. Let's (laughs) fucking go. I'm pumped because here's the thing is dark Sheik is tough as nails is tough as nails. Hell yeah. And, and that, that is kind of terrifying in a way, but I also think like Brent Thorne's tough as nails. It's like, there, it's not, there's not anything I'm like truly worried about because I can stand my ground just as much as she can stand her ground. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, but I think more than anything, that something that people need to uh, recognize about her is that she truly is a trailblazer for the entire LGBTQ community in wrestling. For as long as she has been wrestling, um, I think it is definitely important that people can recognize like she is an incredibly important figure and... Um, you know, it, it takes it takes a lot to be in, and especially like in her time when she started um, to where she is now, kind of, and and the growth of um, who she is, kind of, uh, you know, announcing that they're trans and 
to a to wrestling you know like knowing what wrestling is like that's brave and like she's strong and i and again like a trailblazer a true true trailblazer for everyone to come and everyone now no i agree with you 150 percent on all of that like dark she there's a reason why dark chic is as revered as she is you know um and it's as on display every time that she steps into a ring it's just oh god there's just so many like the depths of what Dark Sheik can do in the ring and her approach to pro wrestling is just so interesting. Um and like you said, uh really carved a path for for our community in in this world of pro wrestling. Um I have two more questions for you. I kind of like to end on on fun ones. So I I in doing research for the show, I found out that you are a fan of Ask a Mortician. I am. Okay. I, too, am a fan of Ask a Mortician. Such a good channel. Um, One, how did how did that become... Uh, how did you kind of get into to that aspect of, like, these discussions about, like, death and the afterlife and all these different little odd tales that that she puts that that uh, caitlin puts out there and do you have any like personal favorites oh man i i don't know i've always been such a weird kid even just as a kid i've been <laughs> weird i have a i have a ghost tattooed on my wrist like i love the morbid and i love the macabre and uh just anything like death related things like that just kind of spark my interest because it's like you it's like mortality in itself is just a, such an interesting topic that we all just truly just don't understand and I think like um Caitlin Doty has given a platform of so many unique things that us people who who aren't in the death industry have always wondered and so she answers questions and she's so funny she's so funny <laughs> and she's genuine and she's very sweet and um her videos are just very interesting and they're educating um and, and informative um i've seen i don't remember, let me think i always enjoy her videos that are um more like haunted based um i love learning about like embalming and things like that i was actually going to go to school to be a mortician at one point but then i chose mm. else uh, otherwise but um the ones like about like New Orleans and like their grave sites and oh, yes. uh, uh, oh yeah, I was just in New Orleans. It's my favorite city. Um, so like when she when she like goes into detail about the uh, like the vampires of New Orleans or like the grave sites of New Orleans and like how they how they take care of their dead, I always just get so fascinated because like her her delivery of like history, I just think is is so so unique in her own way, and I always just get sucked in to whatever she's whatever weird story she's got no i i'm definitely agree with you on that i think some of the more interesting pieces are like kind of delving into these like historic stories like speaking about like different regions of the country like the new orleans story stuff always fascinates me like being from the south and just kind of like having that sort of thing like kind of ingrained in, in me from from a very early age but like being in the in the pacific northwest now like her um video on the um the the family in seattle the seattle area that um that that one was just i 
the name of the of the family escapes me at the moment, but that one was just it's interesting to hear about these things that happen like almost in your own backyard in, in a way and to not oh, know right, that yeah. history has happened there. Um, oh, yeah. at, the, at the same time, though, there's something deeply fascinating about like the idea of um, like instead of like turning like your like deceased body into like compost like a food source in a way like those 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 yeah. videos were like she went to like the the, the person that made like the the i can't remember if they're like bird seed um like cubes um so that like ethically repurposing your own your own dead body for that it's just i don't know it's just incredibly fascinating the ways that people are exploring like the uh like death care industry and different facets of how it can be done yeah i love how she's like an advocate for like a natural burial yes with like not with everything like that there's like i mean as a mortician like it's her she i mean she ran a non-profit in la is like a, like a mortuary like she that was her thing and um even though she is an advocate for natural death which is literally just being buried and having a tree you know over her. <laughs> um and having her like literally like just human compost and have a, have whatever is in the earth eater like that's how she wants it and it's like yeah like I absolutely understand that 100% she's she's a very quirky person with so many cool facts and stories to tell you I just love it mm-hmm. no I mean she she got me to want to actually like go check out the Donner Pass even more just from like watching her visit there so <laughs> oh yeah the Donner party I actually yeah. I went to uh I don't know if you've ever been but you've ever been to the Museum of Death I have not actually I uh, I went to the one in LA and I also just went to the one in New Orleans and I just oh my god if you ever get the chance to go you need to go okay they're okay. amazing <laughs> I it's definitely on the list honestly like I I'm planning to be in LA you know obviously like sometime next year so I have to make that make that work for myself um last question for you uh, Bryn is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you wanted me to ask you about hmm. Mm -hmm, hmm. i'm not sure let me think about that one <laughs> i think i could say huh there is something i'm doing um that is that is really really important to me um especially with the uh changes going on as far as uh, women's reproductive rights. Um, I have been working with a local Arizona vendor. She, her name is, uh, or their name is uh, Degeneration X. Uh, Degeneration X. Degeneration Hex. Hex, like, <laughs> like a witch, like Hex. Yes. Degeneration Hex. Um, they're at um, most a AWF shows. Um, some Arizona shows are going to be at Party Heart. Uh, but they make all kinds of really, really cool, um, like wrestling stuff. So they make tote bags, they make incense, they make mugs, mm. ashtrays, makeup, eyelashes, you name it. So basically, uh, her and I are teaming up and we have decided that, um, all of the proceeds from all, from the merch, she just made me, she has made tote bags, 
She has made booty shorts. Brent, this is all Brent Thorne. Brent Thorne tote bags, Brent Thorne booty shorts, Brent Thorne incense, uh, patches, and soon-to-be energy drinks. Because I come out with an energy drink, like you said, and I explode that shit and make a mess everywhere. <laughs> Just everywhere. Everywhere I go. Everywhere. Um, but so all of the proceeds from those sales will be going to the abortion fund of Arizona. Mm. And I, I think that's something that I find incredibly important. And I I've, uh, really wanted to give back in any way that I can. So um, you can you can order straight from her. Again, it's Degeneration Hex. And also you can contact me if you're interested in anything like that to people listening. Um, but yes, yeah, so I just wanted to say that because it's it's something that, you know, like it's new merch, but it's also going to a cause that I've that I personally just like really find important. No, that's really awesome to hear. And it's, you know, dope that is for a cause as well. Something that is very deeply personal to you, but it's deeply personal to so, so, so many people in in this country right now. And, and um, you know, yeah, just amazing stuff. And I feel like pro wrestling has really kind of gotten behind finding ways to use its platform to raise funds for different um causes such as this you know such as whether it be abortion rights whether it be you know trans rights we've seen it more and more and it's really awesome to hear you putting your your name and your and your i guess you could say brand behind uh that that uh message as well absolutely yeah yeah Yeah. well brent this has been so much fun thank you so much for taking the time to to chat with me today um let everybody know where they can find you online and uh, what you have coming up. Okay. So my Instagram is at Bryn of the thorns. So B R Y N of the thorns with an E S uh, my Twitter is just Bryn of thorns. And you can find me on Facebook just by that name, Bryn thorn. Um, I will be at wrestle drag. Uh, I believe tomorrow, which is August 6th. And then I will be at Pride Style Pro, August 12th. And then I will be at IZW uh, Psycho Circus, uh, August 27th. Um, But thank you so much for having me, Brian. Oh, it's been a blast. Thank you. Thank you so much. My thanks once again to Bryn for taking the time to to chat with me ahead of uh, her title match. Obviously... We recorded this episode prior to the Wrestle Drag event on uh, August 6th, where she did capture the Party Hard Wrestling Chairs on a Championship and is now going to be uh, in contention for the Party Hard Wrestling Legacy Championship whenever um, Party Hard Wrestling holds their final event later this year. Um, Brandon is an outstanding talent. Definitely go support uh, the the merch drop that she currently has out. All of the proceeds going to uh, abortion funds. Um, just, I love whenever pro wrestling can take on a cause, and I think that's one of the main reasons why I felt so passionate about Pride and Vibe Weekend and um, Evie's Big Gay Brunch, and obviously Russell Queerdom before everything blew up there. Um, even with everything blowing up, Russell Queerdom was still an awesome thing to see because of the communities that it supported. You know, I'm my own community being supported there as well. So um, I'll just pull that one back there. You know, 
but I don't know. It's, it's awesome to see people using their platform to uh, to help uh, communities that need it, and and that's just another beautiful thing about pro wrestling that I love, love it to death. Um, that's gonna do it for us this week. Of course, remember Cascadia is coming up, Everett, Washington, September 11th. Um, we have tickets still available, BrainBusterTicks.com/Cascadia. We are getting ready to announce more talents and more matches as it gets to the point where I am going to be uh, embroiled in wedding week stuff. But that's fine because this entire thing is uh, it's partially a uh, batch party for myself and my, and my soon-to-be spouse. Um, it is a celebration of LGBTQ identities in the Pacific Northwest and pro wrestling is a celebration of inclusive pro wrestling presentations in in the Pacific Northwest and beyond. Um, it is putting companies like Without a Cause and Pride Style Pro to the forefront um, and showcasing the uh, unique styles of pro wrestling that both bring uh, to the table here. It is showcasing so many awesome talents from the Pacific Northwest and otherwise. And, of course, all of the proceeds from the show are being donated to the Trevor Project. Um, so it's for a good cause as well. So make sure to check out uh, the ticket link, brainbusterticks.com slash Cascadia. You do not want to miss Sandra Moon and Max the Impaler going one-on-one. You do not want to miss Kita and Ashton Starr going one-on-one. And we have more matches to be announced very, very soon. Um, but after I, I, I'll get the sh- <laughs> I got the plug out of the way um, before we end the show here. So um, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, until next time, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. And a very happy birthday to the Polyam King himself. MV Young. Bye.